I mean, life is a growing process. And it's so difficult sometimes, especially when you don't have anybody to talk to. It's you and your own mental. Uh, one of my boys, um, Keon Pearson, yeah. he is an uh, IBF pro and stuff like that. Um, I played football with him growing up and just seeing him just grind and grind and grind and putting up motivational things. But at the same time, he says he, he deals with mental stress, mental, um, mental issues in, in some sense. I mean, I don't know too much, but he, he came up, came out about it and talked about it. And I was just like, wow. Because, you I mean, it takes a lot. It truly takes a lot, especially for a man. Welcome back to Tip Talks podcast. I have a very special guest for you guys today. We have Cortez Broughton. He plays defensive line for the Los Angeles Chargers. He was drafted 242nd overall by the Chargers. Cortez attended the University of Cincinnati where he majored in operations management. He ended his college career with 49 games played, 155 tackles and 43 solos, 10 sacks, 11 passes, defense, an INC, a forced fumble, a recovery, and a blocked kick. Twice recognized with All-American Athletic Conference honors, earning first team as a senior and second team in 2016. While he grew up playing football, Cortez has also played baseball and ended up playing in the 2009 Little League World Series at just 12 years old. Representing the Southeast region for Georgia, Broughton and his team made it to the semifinals where they ultimately fell to the eventual 2009 champs in California. And I know there's so much more. He's going to be dropping some fire on here for you guys. <laughs> Cortez, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm ready to get started. So. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I want to hear a little bit about your background. I mean, I heard all the amazing nuggets, but I want to hear how you grew up and then also, you know, how you got into to the NFL. I grew up in a small country town, Moore Robbins. I uh, kind of grew. It was an Air Force base, Moore Robbins Air Force Base. I think it's like the fourth biggest in the country. Um, after that, I, I mean, I grew up playing sports my whole life. Schooling was a big thing. My dad really pushed, my mom really pushed. Went to church, uh, religiously, literally religiously went to church. Um, we used to always have, we had a big yard, so it was like a, about an acre of land and uh, pecan trees and all this stuff, but the trees were lined up in a uh, situation where we could uh, play football and have friends over and stuff like that. So I grew up playing football in the, uh, the field and just, I mean, the whole neighborhood would come over plus friends and you know, uh, I remember one time I was laying in bed and I just dreamed. I was just, I promise you I had a dream. And, I, and it's crazy because I knew there was, it was a blue, it was a powder blue. And I just thought about playing football one day and all of a sudden, boom, I'm here. And I mean, I played baseball and basketball growing up. I have two older brothers. I go 24, 25, 26. So we're like one after another and I'm the youngest. Um, then after that, I parted ways and went off the University of Cincinnati. Um, they actually offered me. Then I went up to the school to accept the offer. And then they took the offer away. So then the day before signing day, they gave the offer back. And I was looking at my dad and he said, I'm not going to tell you what to do or where to go, but if you go up there, play with a fire. And that was one thing that I did. And now I'm out here in California. So, but, and then I had another situation where I was in uh, class and I was sitting in the back. Usually I do sit in the front. So, but I was sitting in the back of class and I was just sitting here thinking, I'm like, hmm, I really love to live in California one day. And all of a sudden, boom, it just happened. So I feel like God ordains my steps in a certain manner, but it's, I don't know, it's just certain things happen. And I just have the faith and trust. So I love that. Yes, God above all, right? He really does have a path for you. But it sounds like your parents really were there for you, you know, since a young, young boy. And they really helped create that structure. And I love that they considered God as your forefront. Mm -hmm. So, so growing up, was that very, was that a great experience for you having that support? And then also were your two brothers the same as you or were you guys quite different? Well, they, they kept me tough, let's say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, having that background kind of, I mean, it just gives me some, in a sense right now, especially right now in my life, uh, moralistic code and just having that code to, to go by and those guidelines that, and having lines that I just won't cross in a sense, because I mean, a lot of things come to you um, or come to me now more than ever. And I mean, it's just now that I see it, it's in my response to be like, hey, is this truly for me? You know? And I would I would always fall back on my faith. And don't get me wrong, I, mean, I do mess up, I do make mistakes, but I mean, I know that God's there for me. And I mean, uh, 
it's just knowing that concept that having that faith and that more than code to stay by, that's something that I truly stick to. So Cortez, how old are you? Uh, 24. Beautiful. I love that mindset already. I love that. So, okay. So I am going to uh, bring in Seth Carlin. So Seth is a dear friend of mine. He's also the founder of Guru Sports Management and also your manager. So Seth, hey. what's up, brother? Welcome. <laughs> hey, Thanks for having me as well. <laughs> I just wanted to bring you in really quick because I was at the gym and Seth kept telling me, he said, listen, I love your podcast. I love where it's going. And we're going to get real raw and juicy because, yes, you have a great story, but we're going to pull some stuff out. So there's more to you, Cortez. But <laughs> that's what's telling me. He's like, listen, behind closed doors. Sorry, Seth. That's fine. <laughs> Cortez is one of the most humble people that I know. He has a heart of gold. He loves to serve. He has a wealth of knowledge. I feel like he hasn't really been able to have a platform to be able to actually use and educate the masses. So that's what today is going to be about. So, Seth, I want to hear a little bit about you know, your background, how you got into uh, sports management, because again, you guys are both very young. And I think it's so inspiring to start showing, especially our millennials nowadays, <laughs> that yeah. hard work does not just knock, I mean, I'm sorry, not hard work, but success doesn't just knock at your door, that a lot of hard work goes into all of this and to become a professional NFL player and to become, you know, a sports manager at, again, just the age of 27. And then the mindset that Cortez already has at 24, we'll dive into that in just a little bit, but I want you to share with everybody how you got started and then also how you see the potential in, in Cortez and how we came about about with everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to start, you know, why Cortez and I have such a good bond is because we are kind of similar in that aspect about just working hard and, you know, like he didn't get where he is on accident and I didn't get where I am on accident. But, you know, it's a great question. And I, I've, I've actually haven't been asked this in a while, but it's funny. Um, so I was working a regular nine to five job doing, um, you know, tech sales and, it's funny, another podcast that I listened to with Gary V and, you know, he kind of rambles a lot and people have their indifferences about him. But at the end of the day, you know, something I took away from him is like, if you want to go do something right, like there's no secret recipe for it. There's no, you know, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. It's like hard work. And it's like, you know, eating dirt, as he'd like to say, that's one thing I like, I took away from it, but I really, uh, I started Guru Sports from nothing. And I basically, I had three friends um, that I went to high school with from Boston, uh, Matt Barr, Jamie Carey, and Rocky. I'll, uh, I'll throw them a little shout out. They helped me get things going. But essentially, like, I worked for free for a year. You know, I was working for a CrossFit guy named Ben Alderman in Sacramento and a good friend of mine, Yogi Farrell, who uh, is with the Clippers right now. And basically just kind of helping them get started with, their own personal brand. Uh, ben owned a gym. So I was helping him market the gym, helping him market himself, reaching out to companies. And then Cortez's agent uh, kind of saw what I was doing after the year and said, Hey, like, you know, um, I kind of want to hire your company to, to come on and do marketing for my guys. And basically uh, Joe Lint opened up the door for me um, and gave me access to his players, which then I developed relationships with AKA Cortez as well. Um, and really just started to like even work harder for each guy. Like each guy is like, I don't know, like a piece of art almost, right? Like you got to figure a way to market them and, you know, their personalities, their likes and dislikes. And it's, there's just such a whole other side to sports and to, you know, the entire business that a lot of people don't get to see. And people just think, oh, you're an agent. Like you're, you know, you're doing you know football stuff, but it's not like, you know, there's so many different things that Cortez and I have done, whether it's, you know, fly planes or, you know, talk to the kids about doing stuff, uh, different ways to work out, uh, different ways to, um, you know, work with brands, whether it's, you know, Instagram or YouTube or stuff like that, starting businesses, you know, cryptocurrency, like there's nothing that we haven't really kind of like dove, dove into because him and I, like, we like to just taste different things and, and really like, we just want to you know, let our mind kind of expand and, and, you know, just learn new things and find new ways to be creative and innovative. That's literally what we're, we're both about it. And, you know, I know I'm going to be successful in what I do because like, it's just my mind doesn't stop thinking. And he's the same way. Like if he didn't play football, he'd be doing something else, making millions of dollars. And that's just the truth. So 
And I think, again, that's why we're, you know, we're just such good friends at the end of the day, because like we both have that mindset and like, I'm somebody who, you know, believes in keeping a tight circle and keep, keeping people in your circle that inspire you. You know what I mean? Like, again, I essentially work for him, but you know, he kind of kicks me in the ass when I need it, you know, and, and same for him, I'll kick him in the ass when he needs it. And, you know, we, we inspire each other. We keep each other motivated to keep each other going. Um, you know, I've met a lot of his friends. He's met a lot of my friends and, you know, it's a family. It's definitely a family. Guru sports is a family. His agency is a family. Um, and then, you know, if you're in Cortez's circle, he treats you like family. So that's why I think, you know, everything's just going to work out for us. So I love that. I just got the chills when you said that because it really does, you know, at the end of the day, it does matter who your circle is because they're either going to, you know, pull you up or drag you down. And yeah, like I said, behind closed doors, Cortez, you've got a solid man, you know, and, and this is, this is where it all starts is creating that trust. But you guys, I don't know, again, this is my entrepreneur heart coming out. I don't know if you guys caught what, um, what Seth just said, but it was a huge nugget is that he worked for free for a year. And when I mentor people in this space, and especially once they're kicking a business off the ground or starting a virtual franchise or any sort of side hustle, the number one thing that I say is be prepared to make a zero dollars for the first year. You never yeah. know, you know, you just never know it could kick off or it just be prepared. And the reason mm -hmm. I say is because I say do the hard work up front. And if I told you that you're going to make zero dollars for the first year, but by year two, you're going to be on your way to a six figure income. Would you do it? And nine out of 10 people always say yes. So that was a very, very great thing that you said to teach others in the process of yeah. entrepreneurship. And when you're growing is that you yeah. put the time in and you just didn't give up. And yeah. But the problem is, is that people, your second question or your question to them is like, okay, the second year, you're going to make a hundred thousand, but nine, nine out of 10 times, they don't know that they're going to make it. And usually they give up, you know, you've seen that meme where it's like, you know, the dude's digging for diamonds and he's diamonds. like so close, so close. And then he just goes the other way. It's like, don't give up. And I, I honestly, like, I saw that probably a couple of years ago, that, that meme. And I've, and I've just always kept it in my head, honestly, because that's it. It's like, how close am I to that one break, you know, and same for him yeah. one play yeah. away from, you know, so. yeah. And so, and another powerful thing that I heard you say, and I want to bring Cortez back in is, and I just had a podcast on my last podcast, guys, go listen to it. Um, it was with Dr. Irene Lambris. Okay. This woman is a multimillionaire and she did that outside of being a doctor. She did her number one source of income was not being a physician. And she's a triple board certified New York physician that lives here in Las Vegas. And she told me the only way she was able to actually start making income was she had a side hustle and she did uh, real estate and she started flip, basically flipping homes and she would buy a home, rent it out and do that same process over and over to pay off her school debt. So hearing you guys talk about cryptocurrency, you know, doing other sources of income while you're in the NFL, that's very, very important for the masses to hear because yeah, you can only play sports for so long. Like you heard my story in the beginning, you know, I was only, I retired at 26 in the IFBB because I was so unhealthy. So, and you just never know what, you know, what could pop up between injuries, you know, or between, you know, getting sick, you just don't know what will happen. So having that second or a plan in general, but some sort of source of income outside of that is so smart. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because I do know that you did have a little hiccup in your career and you got sick. And so can we go back to that time in your life that when you were sick and you had to work yourself all the way up? Uh, yeah, it was a little different. Um, I wasn't expecting to get sick. Like it's just something that happened. Um, it wasn't like I was out partying and all this. I think I got it from a guy with uh, just sending a friend and we we're just hanging out and I mean, it is what it is, but I ended up, I had to play the, the, the following week and I knew something was off in my body because I was sitting, um, I was sitting in meetings and I just kept like dozing off. I'm like, I can never focus and I couldn't focus. I couldn't muster up the energy. I would, I would fight through practice. Um, my spleen and my liver was enlarged. So my, my back was just aching 24 seven. Um, I remember we played the Tennessee Titans and then um, I knew something was off, but the day before we went to like a Brazilian steakhouse with my mom and my dad, because they drove up. It was probably like a four or five hour drive for them. And uh, we're eating, uh, they're eating and they were asking if I was hungry. I was like, I don't know, I'm not really that hungry. You know, mind you, 
at the time I was probably like 290, 295, big kid. Like I want to eat like every night. <laughs> so I want to eat, trust me, I want to eat. But I, my dad, and they knew something was off. But I told myself, I was like, let me just get through this game. And after that, then I'll just do a full diet. I'll go to the trainer and do a full diagnostic on my body to see what was wrong or what was bothering me. And all of a sudden they told me what I had. And I was sitting there. My GM called me. He was like, hey, I've had it before. Trust me. Like, just, I mean, take care of yourself. And in that process, I really think that, I mean, God puts you, he puts you in positions to where it's like, you don't always know the outcome. You don't always know the plan. Um, and then a concept that, I mean, some things take time. And within that process, it actually gave me time to develop my body, uh, develop a routine, learn how to work out, learn how to eat, um, know where to put my money, you know? And it's just, in a sense, to have that structure to be like, hey, I have this time now. And I'm gonna use the time, I'm gonna make value out of it. I'm gonna, I have to make value out of the time that I'm given. So in that process, I was just like, hey, well, let's do this, let's do that. And financial literacy was the biggest thing for me out of coming out of college. Uh, There's a guy named Nick Bowes that I, uh, I worked with and he was the CFO of the University of Cincinnati. Um, well, the athletic department. So I'd always go up and we go over budgeting, go over budgeting. And I was in college and it was something I really told myself like, hey, I need to be strict to this because I mean, if you don't, you can't manage a lot until you learn how to manage a little. And that was one of the biggest things that stuck with me. So coming from that concept, I just used that time and said, hey, God, whatever you're doing, you're doing. So I'm just gonna make the value out of what, what I've been given and just go from there. But then it kind of structured me in a way to where I could find those pieces and find that family unit and that knit to bring together. And a lot of times they say, hey, I mean, the people you work with don't, I mean, don't make them family, don't make them friends. But at the same time, for me, I mean, I think of like, Jesus Christ and his disciples yes. and I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ you know what I mean? but I think of him and his disciples and like we follow we, we want to be like Jesus in a sense that I mean his disciples went out and did his work for him and spoke his word but in a sense that I mean I have my group and my close-knit group and it's that I would rather them be family and I could speak to them like hey this is what I really need but if you're not you know and it's just it's just to be straight honest because I'd rather be close to you and actually have a bond rather than just working and saying, hey, yeah, all right, do this, that, and yada, yada. Because, and that's something that, I mean, these are lifelong relationships. Right. The things that grow and grow and grow into something that you, I mean, we can't even imagine right now. So just being able to bring together and craft together all those things in a sense that, I mean, God just placed down in my life, it kind of works out. And that's why I sit back and I never, I never sit back and somebody asks me, well, if you go back, what would you do? What would you change? I, I wouldn't change anything because in a sense, if you don't, if you go back and change, you're not going to learn or grow from that, you know? Yeah. So putting me in that and being in the heart of it is helping me grow through those processes and understand those processes so that I can bleed and pour into somebody else's life to say, hey, this is what I've been through. You don't have to take my knowledge, but at the same time, I mean, I want to give you my knowledge. Yeah, so. I love that. So nuggets all over the place. So we're going to backtrack a little bit. So if you're open to it, can you let everybody know what you had so that way we can talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, I had mononucleosis. Okay. So, so how long? Okay, perfect. And that's super common, you guys. You can literally share a drink from someone and it's game over, okay? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let me just tell you, how many weeks uh, were you out? And then what did you do to kind of restore your health back? And I remember one of my boys in high school had it. Uh, Clay, so I, he's about to get married, actually. So, uh, congratulations, Clay. But um, actually, I probably spoke too soon. Uh, no, I'm playing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, just um, in that process, you know, I really just sat back and I took care of my body. Uh, it was it was different because I mean, I I feel like in college I learned how to just understand my body on all spectrums. So if something's off, I'm like, all right, this is off a little bit. Oh, I, I'm feeling this. Oh, why is this a little tight? All right, let's loosen it up. Um, and in that sense, I couldn't identify what was wrong. And, but I knew I had to play because if I didn't play and I just sat out, that was one of the things to me. So, but after that process, it was just, I was out for the rest of the season. Um, but even then it was just that, I mean, just understanding, I mean, all right. And then I had to start doing body work. What body work do I need to get done? Um, let me th let me think of what else. Because in that process was a little different, but right after, then I started to learn. Because then I had a, a knee scope done. I had a benign tumor. 
you know? So it was, it was back-to-back things. So I had mononucleosis, and then next I had a uh, PVNS, pigmented villanodular synovitis. I had a benign tumor in my left knee, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, what is going on, you know? But in the, in the time, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of a storm, I didn't go like, why God? I'm just like, you know what? Let me just trust, let me keep working, let me keep working. And it was crazy because the second month I was in there training, um, I was doing my PT. I mean, obviously no players are there and stuff like that. It's really just a training staff. I was doing my PT, Kobe walks in. And all of a sudden, yeah, I promise you, a week before what happened, and he walked in and he was like, what's up, youngin? And I, I'm, I'm on a machine on a knee, knee lags and I'm laying down on my stomach. And I was and I talk, I'm like, youngin, I'm like, and I literally, this is what I thought. Literally, my, I'm like, who the hell is calling me young? <laughs> and, and like, literally, I turn around and it's Kobe. I'm like, oh, oh snap. I'm like, that's Kobe. You Kobe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, snap. Like, so he walks in, does what he has to do. And all of a sudden, he comes out and he's like, hey, keep working. And just walks out. And then I just sit in the concept, like we talk about, is success, success is not given. You have to keep working. You have to keep working. So after that year, I was able to go back home during that COVID, uh, the COVID crisis and being able to just go and spend time with my family. I was at home for about a month, two months, um, just working out, just being around my family. And all of a sudden I told my mom, I'm like, hey, I gotta go. I told my mom and dad, I'm like, I need to leave. I went and uh, found a place, cause I was living with somebody at the time, but I found a place for myself and really just branching off and structuring to be like, hey, I need to be by myself. I need to work, I need to grind. I need to learn how to do it. And I need to teach myself how to do it, let alone ask questions because I mean, you can't learn if you don't ask questions. And they say a closed mouth and you're fed. So that's one thing that sticks to me is that, I mean, some, I know I talk too much sometimes. I'm probably talking too much right now. But even in a sense that I'd rather ask questions and get that information. I remember I had one coach. He would always be like a politician on a mission. That's what he always called me. So I just stick to that. So, but that's that. Rest in peace, Kobe. He was such a great man. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting him as well. And just such a humble Person. And, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned from him is, and I'm sure you're going to relate because you're in that space, is you're going to go through seasons and it's about how you come out of it. You go through it, right? And I love that you use Jesus as an analogy because, or a lesson I should say is, yes, I mean, he went through the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. And it's our duty as children, you know, of God and followers of Christ to continue that mission that he's put out before us. And, you know, Seth said something really powerful about that meme where, you know, there's a, they're digging for those diamonds and they give up right before. And it's the same thing it sounds like on your end is the one thing that you knew is like, all right, I'm going through this season of my life. It's happening for me, not to me. And it's teaching me something in the process. And you kept going. So I hope you guys are really taking note of from a professional athlete to a sports manager to another, you know, professional competitor and podcaster and entrepreneur, like we're all in that space. The biggest thing you guys is to never give up. And whatever you're going through is to remind yourself that you're going through it for a reason. And you're going to come out just like every storm that we weather, there's always going to be that rainbow at the end of it if you just go through it. And that was so powerful. And you said a couple of things too, because during the COVID crisis, that really did have an effect on so many people. And I'm sure your guys' mental health has been chugged at and pulled at. And I know that's a lot for you because you don't have a freaking audience. Like you go to your games to have your audience. I know that's a huge... I mean, I would be pissed. I'd be kicking rocks and pissed off, like, you know, but yeah. I want to talk about like, how did you get through that? And how do you, how, what are your feelings, thoughts, emotions around all of that? Uh, to me personally, I, it really doesn't phase me. And the reason I say this because, I mean, I've been playing sports since I was a kid. I mean, I've been playing games since I was a kid and to just go out and be able to play still, that is one thing that's just the ultimate blessing. You know, and I mean, you know, people are watching on TV and all this stuff, but they'll pump in crowd noise. But in the concept that, I mean, some people are like, oh, I never played without fans, yada, yada. I'm like, man, I've been playing this game since, I mean, I was yay high in, the, in my front yard, you know? And that's the kind of thing that comes to me is that it doesn't really matter because I have another opportunity to go out there and I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed with another opportunity to go out there and play because I mean, this sport is a gruesome sport being able to stand, stand up and go play it. That's something that I'm really grateful for. So 
Yeah. What do you do for your mental health? Do you focus on personal development? Do you have something you read? What's your morning routine? Pray. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, another thing is sometimes, I mean, you can, it's, there's some simple things you can do and, but it's really, like you say, mental health, but it's really the mental strength aspect because you're going to have a lot of things that come to you. You're going to have a lot of things that phase you. And it's like, Anything, somebody cutting you off could just, I'm looking outside, looking at cars driving by, but anything, anybody, somebody cutting you off could throw you off track and could just put you in a negative mindset and be like, so as soon as something like that happens, I'll literally, I promise you, I'll literally be on the road. I'm like, Lord, forgive me. And I just keep, and I'll keep rolling. But in a sense that sometimes you get carried away, you know, but. But even then, like even judging, like uh, like I'll be talking to friends sometimes, and we start uh, depicting somebody else, and like, hey, well, I don't know why they would, but at the same time, you can't put yourself in somebody's mind. And another thing that I always think, I'm like, well, who am I to judge? Yes. Because in the end of the day, and I used to want to. I mean, I see Judge Judy on TV, and I, I used sometimes I still want to strive to be a judge later in life. But then I sit back and think, I'm like, who am I to judge? So it kind of it contradicts. I mean, it's paradoxical, but in a sense that, you know, it's other things I do for my mental health. is just, I mean, certain breathing exercises. You can literally just lay down and just, you mean three in, three out, or three in, three hold, six out. And it's in that concept of just really just trying to relax the body because everything is a mental and spiritual battle. And it's all about, event plus response equals outcome. It's all about how you respond. You can't control the event, but you can control the response. And you might not always get the outcome you want, but I mean, it will probably enhance the outcome that you're gonna get based off your response, so. Well, what can you say to the kids? Cause you know, I think you're such a huge voice. I mean, just hearing you speak even more, it's just, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> younger generation because of the fact that you're you're showing others you know through faith especially and through hardship and through every season of your life you know you're, you're still coming out on top but you know what can you tell the kids out there right now going through it because I know and I you know we're experiencing this in our own home is at homeschooling it has been one of the biggest depressing things that children have experienced and it's a it's worldwide you know and especially in the united states right now you're just seeing a lot of kids develop depression um you know they're having a hard time at home focusing what are some things that you can tell you know that younger generation to get to the level that you're at of you know how to get through those small little hurdles and never to give up that is actually um pretty difficult question and the reason I said it's just because there's so many different factors that come into play I mean I can help him with that though because I'm gonna say hey you need some help I can help that's him. Right. you so I said no, 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 no. yeah you're right you're right but you're fine you're fine I can, I can work my way out I'm still digging with that we but, um, that was a betting woman. We should have uh, <laughs> betting on that. <laughs> hey, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. <laughs> so, um, one of the biggest things is that, I mean, I know that a lot of families and a lot of kids are enclosed and, I mean, there's these tight-knit spaces and they can't really leave their houses. A lot of kids don't have yards to play in. Uh, uh, you got to think in certain areas of this country. I mean, you think of New York and all these certain areas that, and they're closed down. They can't really go outside and play with friends. You have to wear a mask. But the world is evolving in a sense that you really, oof. sometimes it's on the parent, but then a lot of times kids don't have those parents. Yeah. A lot of times kids don't have those outlets to look to when their parents are at work, their parents are doing this. But find something you truly love. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was going outside and playing. Like I truly love playing. Like that was, I'm, I'm a big kid. To be honest, I'm truly a big kid. And I will never lose that sense of being a kid. But always be a kid. Always find that in a kid. But find something that you truly love. But if another thing is, is that if somebody doubts you and what you want to do, don't let that deter your thought process. You know? I mean, even, I remember I told my dad. I was like, Dad, you're going to see I'm going to be in the league one day. He looked at me and he said, <laughs> this is exactly what he said. He said, just get your degree. And I got, I got my degree, of course. But. Cause I went, I was going to leave school early, but I didn't because I stayed there. I got my degree, but he told me, he said, just get your degree. And I'm like, all right, dad, I'm going to show you. And I mean, he loves it. He loves it. I mean, I, I love every time he comes to the game. That's the one thing about the games that 
I mean, if my parents could have came last year, that would have been amazing. But I mean, just looking forward to this year. But um, just, I mean, find something you love. Don't let anybody try to bring you down because, I mean, it's, it happens a lot of times with your kids. I mean, you have those kids who bully, you have those kids who doubt you. The biggest thing for me was like, I'm like, okay, you doubt me? Yeah, all right, I'm gonna show you. And another concept was because one of our brothers was, I mean, jumping seven foot two out of high school and uh, high jumping. So I would see him do that. But then my dad would tell me, like one of my uncles was a Harlem Globetrotter before. So I knew I had those abilities. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't think, I mean, even if you don't have that history in your family, you could honestly just say, hey, I'm working, I'm gonna keep working and I'm keep working and I'm gonna grind. And the biggest thing for me is just that you gotta have fun. If you're not having fun, if you're a kid and you're not having fun, you gotta find a way to have fun. So that's yeah. the biggest thing for me. But go ahead, Seth, touch up, help me out. Yeah, that was good, that was good. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think, I think Tez makes great, a great point. You know, it's tough because of, of the, the whole Corona thing and staying inside. And, and I think that is, is tough for anybody. Like, I don't think there's one person that I've talked to this year that hasn't been like, yeah, like this has affected my mental health, you know, like staying inside and whatnot. It, it's, it's nobody is used to it. Right. Like I didn't quit my job that I got to work from home every other day to sit home all day and like, you know, talk to athletes on the phone and do that stuff. Like I wanted to travel and go to games and stuff, you know, but I was, I'm going two different places with this, you know, one uh, to get where you want to get and do something that you love with, you know, to touch on what Cortez says or said is, is literally you need to go out and try different things. You need to go out and, and, and just figure out what makes you happy. Like he said, and, and are you going to do that? You wake up every day and have, have fun doing like, you know, I'm on the phone, whether it's six o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. Right. But I'm not like sitting there like, oh, I got to talk to this person. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, I love what I do. So it's I, again, I don't think I work a day in my life, but nah, to nah, stay healthy I, and like, you know, <laughs> sometimes I call you and you get pissed off. I'm probably calling you too much. I mean, yeah, I that's, you, you never call too much. Well, well, and then to go off of like, okay, during coronavirus, like how do kids, you know, stay, you know, stay focused and, and don't go crazy. Like my thing again, and it, I'm not saying that I I'm perfect at, you know, at this because I didn't do this for the full eight months that we were quarantined, but like for a good, you know, four or five months, like, you know, I worked really hard. I did what I could do from the computer. And then also like the internet is such like a tool that people don't use about like going in, you know, researching and, and, you know, communicating with people and just educating myself on different things, whether it's financial stuff, whether it was, you know, um, just like how, you know, the new stadiums are going to be and fans and just figuring out ways to be more creative in marketing. Like what are other companies doing during, you know, during COVID to, to make money and how, how can I implement my athletes and what I'm doing with what they're doing and like just getting that sense of knowledge like, did I want to do that? Absolutely not. Like, that's not fun to me. I want to be at his games talking to the PR people saying, make sure you get a good photo of number 91, you know, like, um, and, and just like being, you know, traveling and shaking hands and stuff. But again, you know, he got sick and he had to stay home. Like the whole world got sick and I had to stay home. So like, again, it touches to what he said, right? Like just preparing myself, you know, I educated my, myself on cryptocurrency from the ground up. I knew nothing about it. And now I probably know 25% about it. You know, there's still so much I can learn, but like, I feel like I have this whole new obsession with making money in cryptocurrency and getting my finances in order and just taking the time to, to better yourself. Right. And it may not be the prettiest. It may not be the best, but like find some sort of light in doing it because, you know, people could look at this in two ways as an excuse as to why they didn't do shit or they got better, you know, and I'd like to say that I got better physically and mentally. So yeah, yeah. That's where I stay on this. When we say the year of 2020 was a sobering year, you know, you said that earlier in my podcast, it really opened your eyes. And, you know, I always say we're going into 2021 with 2020 vision, you know, because of what happened. And it's either you, I saw a lot of divorces happen during that year. I saw a lot of couples splitting up, um, friends not, no longer, you know, being friends, businesses being, you know, completely shut down. It was just, you know, if you mm -hmm. weren't prepared, for 2020, I think that really opened up a lot of eyes as to what you get to start doing differently this year. 
And I hear you saying multiple sources of income, you know, doing the best with what you have. And, you know, Cortez, I want to bring you back into that because is that something that you're also doing as well? Are you, I mean, what would you be doing outside of football? Let's just say they decided to shut it all down again. Um, well, my background is in operations management and logistics. And the biggest thing is, I mean, things are, things are shut down. Uh, one of my mentors was uh, one of the founders of uh, Lens Grabbers. Uh, Dr. Ellis. So I met him in college and he met, uh, introduced me to a guy with these statistics named uh, Daniel Scherer. So that's probably one thing that I would jump into just instantly, just because that's something I, that's my niche, I know. And I mean, I'm also uh, detailed on risk analysis and project management. And the biggest thing for me is that, I mean, I would just jump into one of those windows and just arrive with it because that those, that's something I love to do. And that's the part of my dad saying, hey, make sure you get your degree. Yeah. And that sense that having that degree to prepare me to say, hey, I can just jump into this field. And another thing is I'll probably go back and get my master's. And, um, I would look and see what I want to do because I honestly, I want to learn about so much, but I don't know exactly what I want to broaden my knowledge in. And I mean, you can continue to learn, especially with the NFL. They have a lot of things that are, are placed to where you can say, hey, I just want to go back to school. And they pay in a, they pay a certain degree of I think what it is uh each year I mean your account goes up your allowance goes up but in that sense to just use that time to go back and then I have some externship programs and usually it's an externship or, or internship however you want to put it but now they just did uh zoom calls and zoom videos uh just because of the COVID thing and um I mean just finding using those resources because the biggest thing is you work so hard you get to a certain point and it's that you have these resources and if you don't use your resources. But a lot of times it's that you have to be open to those resources, open to that knowledge. So a lot of times you get the emails, you get information, you look at it and you just get rid of it. And if you're not taking that information and growing with it or taking that information and saying, hey, well, at least let me pick out four out of these 28 things to do and say, hey, well, I'm not, I allocate my time to do this. And even that time before it kind of prepared me, uh, the guy I work with now, one of my uh, financial advisors, Luke Yango, uh, just having, boom, I mean, setting up a, an allowance saying, hey, this is your in-season budget. This is your out-of-season out budget. This is your emergency fund. This is what you need to put over here. This is what, and for him to branch it off, and now my mind is working in different frames to say, hey, well, this is here, this is there. All right, this is not being touched. This is, of, of course, for emergencies and everything else. I'll have a travel budget. So if I want to go travel, I'll just go off, base it off of that. And it's really just having the structure and creating a structure so and having kind of, a plan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i was i was prepared yeah i was prepared i love that and again at 24 years old i think that's very powerful i was not in that space at 24 years old i had to learn very quick <laughs> yep. so i love that now going to basically everything that you just said i hear sacrifice i hear sacrifice 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 and there's going to be times where you've had to say no to the party or no to, you know, seeing family members, I'm sure at some point going back to Kobe, he said, yeah, there's a huge part of what we do in order to stay successful. It, it, a huge part of it is sacrifice other than being able to be home with your family. And even then, you know, he didn't get to see Vanessa and his kids for months on end. And so with you, is that where, I mean, is that the season that you've had to go through and you're currently in? Is that your season of sacrifice to be able to do everything that you have your heart set on? Um, well, I think I would say life. You know I mean, through life, I've had to sacrifice. I mean, it is what it is, but I mean, that's, sometimes I sit on my couch and uh, they say don't critical think anymore. But that's one of the biggest things for me because if I don't critical think, I mean, you can teach yourself. And it's crazy because the brain is constantly working. and. I mean, I was talking to one of my friends one day and he was saying, do you ever think that, or he brought up this, this uh, scenario, but it was, it was true. He was saying that you could sit here and you know how you try to think of a solution in your head and you just can't think about it. You can't think about it. So oh, let's say uh, three, four days go by, you're doing something, all of a sudden, boom, that answer pops in your head because your brain has been working. You've been thinking about it constantly and constantly and constantly. There's always going to be a solution. So and everything that I do, I think of, hey, there's going to be a solution. Finding those solutions, but a lot of times sacrifice comes with, hey, in college, a lot of people want to go out, a lot of people want to party. To me, I was able to pull myself away because, hey, I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy, I'm a, a guy, I play games, I play video games. 
but it brought in a positive aspect. What about saying, what if women play video games? Excuse me. Well, no, it's not. You know, I'm just joking. Majority. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm Don't put me in that door. So. <laughs> but um, in college, it was kind of, it was, it was neat because say, um, however many miles, 500 miles away from home, I got all my friends in the, the town that I grew up in. We're just playing games. And I'm like, hey, well, I'm not going out tonight. I'm on the same time zone. I'll just sit here and play the video game with y'all, you know? And it was that I could find resources or I could go hang out with some friends that didn't really want to, that really didn't go out too much or didn't party in the sense that it, it brought me away from the realm of football, 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 but as well as making that sacrifice and not drinking, not putting the stuff in my body, is that I had the outside sources. I had those friends that are just, I mean, didn't have anything to do with sports. It was just, I mean, normalcy, you know? And it's and a normalcy to me because it's like, hey, I don't, I'm not thinking about ball, 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 ball. Because sometimes I'm alone, that's all I think about. It's just constantly just runs through my head. And now it's those sacrifices you have to make. It's just like, this in the same kind of boat. It's the same kind of boat. Or, I mean, friends want to day drink and day party and do all this stuff. And it's like, I can't. Well, even now, I'm like, they want to go, on, some friends want to go on vacation and some, they want to do certain things. I'm like, hey, I need to allocate this time for myself. Like, we, you were talking about your, um, how your age was ahead of your mom, uh, of your mom's at one point. So the biggest thing for me was that I did my genetic code and I did my in body and my out, out of body, which you were talking about, saying like, Internally, I'm 20-something years old, and externally, I'm a certain a certain age. And from that standpoint, I told myself this year, I was like, hey, because last year I was at home for a good amount of time, but I told myself this year, I need to come out to California. I have my own place. I went back to see my family right after the season for a week, and I told them, hey, I got to go. And it's just treated just like college, because I need to come back here and I need to work. I got to keep working, got to keep working, got to keep working. Because then another, another thing that hit my brain was that, I mean, People that play the Super you're in the Super Bowl, you're in February, you know? If I'm done in January, I still got a whole month to make up for. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go home for a week just to see my family. But after that, I'm gonna come back and start working out because in that concept that those are the sacrifices I have to make. And obviously I can't be around, I can be around my family 24 seven, but I chose not to because I know the structure that I needed. And back in the South, I mean, clean eating and all this stuff, I mean, there's a lot of more, a lot more fried food in California, you have a lot, a lot more healthier options. Plus, my neighbor's a chef. So I'm, I'm telling you, it's so weird. I promise you, it's so weird. But <laughs> I always go back to it and how God works out. And it kind of just gives me chills. But in a sense that literally, my one of my neighbors is a captain for Alaska Airlines. Like, I hang out with him. Oh, yeah, seriously. I hang out with him probably three, four days out of the week if he's not, if he's not going. Um, one of the best guys I know, too, Tiffany. Yeah, guy. yeah John. Let's Wise. give John a shout out. We need to give John a shout out. Big Mo. Yeah, Mo, Bar, Jamie, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I keep going. It goes but, down to the circle. I love that. 100%. And having the inner circle, yeah. but it, it's something I built on was like, love thy neighbor. I mean, it grew up. Yeah. Literally, love thy neighbor. And we just, I mean, was, we hang out. We all have dinner three nights out of the week. And we just, we're just all around each other. And it's just, I mean, it's a good aura. And that's the biggest thing is having that war and that vibe to say, hey, that refrains me from going out and partying and getting slaughtered on um, a week weekday, you know? And it's just something that I look forward to. It's, and I don't know, it just gives me that structure. It just makes me, and Seth is what, 45 minute flight away. Yeah. I live right next to the airport, like literally right next to the airport. So hopefully I'm not giving away my location, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just the way things work out. And like I was saying, my neighbor's a chef, she comes and drops my meals off. So it's just being able to structure and plan things out, but it's being able to see it. Cause a lot of times people don't see it. And I mean, I know I talk a lot, but I mean, it's in a sense that it works out. So, and I might bite my tongue sometimes, but you know I mean? I apologize for it and you move on. That's the way life <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. I, I talk a lot, but I'm very passionate. And if I have something to say, I'm going to say it. Oh, 100%. It's Jeff Talks podcast. But I also respect, you know, political backgrounds and religions and mm -hmm. you know, respect on, on all parts. 100%. When I have something to say, I'm going to say it. And it seems like <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I love oh, that yes, already. Um, but you did say a lot of great things. And I think it was so important for people to understand that it really does boil down to your circle. If you have that, negative person in your life that 
you're 15 years later, you're still partying, you're still doing all of those things. Like at some point you got to grow up. There's a difference. Right. Well, go outside and play. And then there's your high school self that, you know, right. can get it together. So. Well, another thing is, is that, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's that, I mean, if you can go out and for me, I got, so I get so caught up in this concept. Okay. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. It took Seth. I promise you, it took Seth coming to my life and be like, Tez, you got to loosen up. Like, relax. Like, Tez. And he always be like, like, Tez. He has a little New York accent, Connecticut accent. Tez. So he says it, and I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, like, Steph, like, get out of my ear. But then he, I mean, like, uh, he brought up, we flew a plane together. Like, literally, he was sitting in the back. He didn't know I was flying. Uh, the guy next to me was uh, one of his buddies, Kenny, who is out here right now. I'm telling him, yes, come out here. We got to hang out with Kenny. But he's a flight instructor, so we went up in the air in a Piper, and I mean, I took off, I landed it. Uh, we flew into Goodspeed Airport in Connecticut. It was beautiful. And I was sitting here and I'm like, hey, I mean, yes, those are things of when you're a kid, that's, those are things you dream of. Yeah. I mean, you see planes flying across, like, wow, like, that's pretty cool. And all yeah. of a sudden, my neighbors are captain for Alaska Airlines. Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? That's how I know yeah. it's, it's those pieces are just coming in. Yeah. And it's just those relationships. Yeah, and it's super so. healthy too. And I just made a post oh, yes. today. You know, we work so hard as entrepreneurs, athletes. You know, you're an entrepreneur athlete. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> a little bit of both, yeah. Yeah, and it's so important to stop for a second. You know, I have a beautiful rose garden outside, and it, I'll walk by it and literally just stop mm. because so many times we're rushing either to go train or, you know, do whatever we've got to do to do our daily routines, but we never truly just like stop and right. enjoy like the present moment. And I think it's so important. And they, there's a book called Holy Hustle and I'm just starting to dive into it. And it's just like God, you know, God built the entire world in six days, mm -hmm. you know, but he gave himself that graceful one day of rest. The rest, yes. That just gave me chills. I promise you that just gave me chills. So important to remember that. Go fly the damn plane. Go right. get out with your friends. You know right from wrong, but still go play. Go to Mexico. Yeah, go to Mexico. Well, yeah, yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, you could you could be more you right. No, and it's it is something now going back into mental wellness. I think a huge part of that is what goes inside of your body. And you you talked about clean eating and nutrition, mm -hmm. and that's my background for the last gosh, going on 14 years now. I stress the importance of wellness because wellness every successful person that you know i mean there's some that are so unhealthy but in order for them to get out of the bed every single day to go do what they do you need to feel good you need to have that energy you need to have that right mindset and in order to do that that nutrition needs to be not a hundred percent on point but at least some conscious efforts mm -hmm. to get you at least i would say non-negotiably 75 percent of your diet should be mindful and conscious because it's going to, you know, show you the production of your day. I mean, right. you've eaten French fries and nachos. I mean, don't get me wrong, some nachos. But if you do that every single day, how are you going to play? How are you going to perform? How are you going to mm. How are you going to feel? So, I want you to talk a little bit about how that is also changing your life because it sounds, especially if you come from the south, like come on, <laughs> that's food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is food. That's some real food. So. It's crazy because uh, Seth told me about this. I mean, he told me about you, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna talk about a lot of health too, and you mean just what you put in your body and clean eating." And it goes perfect with what you're doing right now. So back to that genetic code concept that I was talking about. Uh, one of my old teammates hit me up. Um, I played at the University of Cincinnati with him, uh, so my uh, captain, and he told me he was like, "Hey, man, I got something like a genetic coding and stuff like that." And he knew I was into it because even in, it was crazy because even in high school, I was always that little fat, chubby kid. But I always wanted to figure out my genetic traits, you know, my genes. Um, what can I do to enhance? But what do I need to eat? What are my food sensitivities? What are my so with this genetic code thing? I just I just started doing. It's called Ace Integrative Health um, with Doctor Ace, um, and he just literally actually got out of meeting today at nine thirty. Well, I started meeting today at nine thirty. Got out like ten forty five ish, and we literally just go over my genetic code. I have a, over about an eight hundred page report. Um, I had a phlebotomist come take my blood work. I had, um, what else? Did uh, some mouth swabs to figure out in your VO2 max. What are, where can I benefit the most during this off season? And that, the biggest thing for me was healthy eating. I love to cook. 
truly love to cook. That's one of the biggest things I love to do. And I actually went to school and I, at the University of Cincinnati. So my first thing I wanted to be was a Kimmy, chemical engineer, but then they told me I couldn't do it. So, and the reason being is just it interfered with practice schedule. Um, then I said, well, let's do culinary because culinary was another, I love to cook. I used to cook my mom all the time. And until this day, I'll still go back and cook with her. So you about to ask? It sounded like you about to ask. No, I said, so. I'm a good son. <laughs> good but um, even then, like, so I love to cook, but then they told me it's on a different campus. When I first got to college, I didn't have a car. Um, my parents grinded, they got me a car up there and it was, yeah, that's all she wrote from there. I still got that car, I sit in my garage. So. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna ride until the wheels fall off. So, um, but even that concept, it's just that during this genetic coding process, it's like, hey, these are certain things you should be cooking with because now foods, foods nowadays, and the way they prepare, they have certain pesticides and spray on plants. They have certain things. Uh, pork is a big thing. Pork has orca, uh, what is it? Orcotoxin in it, which is uh, known to be caused by kidney disease and probably certain cancers. And it's that, in a sense, that I had to educate myself. I mean, and obviously, I mean, I, I had to pay out of pocket for it, but it's for that knowledge for a lifetime of knowledge and a lifetime of knowledge I can pass on to somebody else. Because when I get done playing, I'm big because I have to be big. There's, it's not like, oh, I want to be this big. I'm big because I have to be big. And in a sense that it's like, hey, when I get done, I want to be able to drop this weight down and be healthy. I did a vegetarian, a, a straight vegan diet for two and a half months. So January, February into the uh, mid-March. March. I did a vegan uh, diet. I would have I didn't know about fish. this. Well, you, you never asked. I really don't, don't talk to I, I tried it for eight months because I had to for one of my celebrity clients, but that's uh, why I made the food. We'll talk in a second. <laughs> but even then, um, uh, read that, the, by the way, just say again. How was that for you, by the way? Um, it was good. It was it was really good. It was a cleanse. But um, yeah. I read something in the Bible that said man can't just live off of bread and uh. I think it was just what is it bread and water alone uh it shows and to me i i really take the words of that bible to i mean true faith I mean, and in a sense that it's like hey well obviously i i need meat i need fish i need i for truly for my body but in a sense of the way it's prepared and the way the way you get it so now it's that i look at like um like milk in general i don't just drink regular milk it's more a2 milk from an a2 cow rather than having like whole milk or two percent milk it's there's a lot of certain things that I look at differently, but the diet was really good because it was able to cleanse me. So now when I do my detox, which I'll start Saturday, uh, it's probably eight day, nine day detox. And that's when I'll just do straight vegan. I won't eat, I won't eat meat. I won't eat uh, fish. I won't eat chicken. And we, you know, I'll consider those in the meat category, but um, it's just that now that I know how my body's working and just to push out pesticides, push out bacteria or, or parasites on pesticides, I'm sorry but push out parasites and then um, just in a sense, because uh, there's so much food that's mass produced in this country yep. that people don't really see it. And a lot of times, and they're not gonna tell you, obviously they're not gonna tell you what, what these foods are being sprayed with or what these plants are being sprayed with to preserve them so that they can make money. It is what it is, but for you, it's so hard for the average human because to get that knowledge, you have to pay for knowledge. In this country, you have to pay for knowledge. And that's just one thing. And that's something for me, I'm like, hey, well, I need to know what I'm putting in me because this is a part of my job, this is my body. And my body is my temple. So in a sense that, hey, I need to be focused on what's at hand. And this is something that I can that will carry on for a lifetime and I can pass down for generations. Yeah. Plus it's my own genetic traits. And I went to FedEx and printed out a whole book. Um, the only, the book I printed out was like a 400 page report. So I printed out my 400 page report and I still have like another 400 pages to go through, but I'll get around to it. So yeah, no, there's a, there's so much education in meat alone. And this is why I went to be a vegan myself. There's, mm -hmm. I can go super scientific, but I'm going to keep it like layman's terms for everybody. There was this woman and she put it on TikTok, a piece of pork. And mm. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was like, I will never eat pork as long as I live. She poured the, she poured something on it and then started crying out. Yeah, 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 I saw it. But then it, it comes to a point to where it's like, hey, not all pork is like that. No. But it must, she, she must have went to like, a, you know, I don't know, a Dollar General got some pork. Most people right now, it's unfortunate, but right now they have to buy whatever they can to feed their family. That is true. That is so true. And you forget, I forget about it. That is true. Yeah. 
especially with how bad foods are, because I get the reports every week, you know, when COVID mm-hmm. hit with the FDA, we're only able as nutritionists, um, when someone has a genetic issue or an allergy, like celiac disease or anything like that, right. we to be more hyper aware during these times because they cut down their employee staff with approving foods and getting it through the system. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they said that they were approving foods at 60%. So 40% was coming from the unknown for a very long time. Right. So we just had to know that. During COVID, they said, the, unfortunately, due to the shortage, they had to flip the numbers. So 60% was coming from unknown, 40% is unknown. And that's scary because our food was Damn. already damaged as it was because like right. you said, feeding the masses. I mean, we're a herd society society right now and I'm pretty sure you can agree with that is we're literally feeding people what we can and mm-hmm. so now I'm thinking about the general masses so yeah of course she went and got that pork and and just did that but that's what 99% of the world is eating that you is know? true that is it's so true and it's so fortunate to be able to you know get that right type of nutrition and mm-hmm. that right type of meat where again like going back I was looking at organic prices and even organic foods. Like there's some things you're really questioning because it's like, all right. <laughs> Are they truly organic? And the reason, and now is that the FDA, they can slap organic on certain things. And truly, like you said, it doesn't have to be organic. There are certain, there are certain clauses they can, I mean, slip in there and they just pass by it. And now when I go out and eat, when I truly like get up, go out and go out to eat, it's that I sit back and I look at certain foods. I, I remember I went out to, uh, there was a place out here in this restaurant and I went out to eat and I was just like, mm. I just couldn't fathom. I ordered like steak and eggs or something. I just couldn't fathom eating it. I looked at it and I'm like, I was like, hey, you got to send that back. Or, you know, because I didn't want it. And not in a negative sense. I was just like, I just didn't want it. I'm like, well, you can give it away, like, but I, I'm not going to eat it. I don't want to pick at it if I'm not going to eat it. So and I and one of my boys took it, but yeah, it's that, it is, oh. I came back from Costa Rica and mm-hmm. in Bali two years ago, you know what organic foods are supposed to taste like. I right. mean, literally watched them grab it from a cage, pulled the chicken over. I was like, okay, whoa. But that, yeah. you know, that's like, real. Yeah, that's a real deal. That is real. real deal. That is real. Even down to the fruit, you're like, it just tastes different, even our organic fruits. And so when we when came back into the States, like we immediately had to go to places that we knew that were fresh foods because our palates were already in that state that when we ate organic food here, when we bought it from a grocery store, it didn't taste the same. Mm. And so that's something, you know, super powerful, but I, I will say, you know, during a time like now, it's, it, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but being a vegan and helping your body detox of some of those, you know, pesticides, the unknown, mm. doing your best, that's going to be a little bit better of a source. You can get a lot of protein from beans. I, you know, there's beans, other options, Um, but it is something where you can, I love the fact that you're doing one week of that because you're getting that out of your system for a little bit, you know, for, for eating clean, is there a routine that you follow or is there like a diet that, are you just doing based off of your genetics? Um, so now it's more based off my genetics and what my body, so they, they did my food sensitivities and you have these IgGs and you have these IgAs and the IgAs, they, um, don't, let me not be wrong, but IgG is a systemic response. IgA is an innate response or vice versa. And, uh, well, IgG is, a systemic, I believe. And the reason I say this is because you have IgGs that come out and they start to fight the inflammation in your body. And having this inflammation in your body, for me, especially when I'm training, I'm working out, I want to find ways to get this inflammation out so that I'm not, I mean, all right, well, why is my knee a little sore today? Or why is my shoulder like a little tight? Or why is this? Because it goes to your joints. And being able to do it now and understand my body and being able to truly put those certain foods in. But now for me, it's that I would do, and I have those, uh, the detox, uh, the binders and all this stuff to really flush out. But for me now, the regular week is me texting Ashley Monday or Tuesday, whatever day, Sunday, and just saying, hey, this is what I want for the week. And she'll drop it off. And I'm just crushing a bunch of food because I have to eat. It's not in a process where I'm like, I can just, oh, well, 
you know, it's, it's a part of what I do. So, I mean, maintaining the weight is a part of what I do because when I train, I want to train at a certain weight. Then I want to gradually add weight on throughout the, uh, the season or throughout the off season because when you get in season, it's really hard to maintain that weight. So, you I mean, you might work down, but you take off some of that weight, take off some of that stress in your body, and then you start over. It's just a cycle and it just keeps going. And for me in my off season, I'm, I like to be light. Like I like to be able to just feel like float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> Muhammad Ali, but in a sense that I like to be able to just feel free in a sense because I know I'm gonna have to put that weight on. I mean that weight adds stress to your joints. It adds stress. It truly does. I mean a lot, a lot of players talk about it, especially uh, ex players. They talk about, hey, this is why I lost all this weight because I mean it really does a lot to your body and what you put in your body. Like you say, is one of the biggest proponents. Because, I mean, it's going to come out somehow, some way. Exactly. And I'm not talking about a stool sample. I'm talking about performance. I'm talking about um, lethargic. Are you going to be, I mean, you're going to have that energy. It's, like you said, you can't just keep eating the same, like, chips and stuff like that. Because you can tell the difference. Now I go and eat certain foods, and I'm like, mm. yeah. or I look at it, I'm like, or, I mean, and sometimes I can I'll tough through it. But then I look at it now, like, well, that's not going to benefit me at all. If I eat this fried piece of food, it's not going to benefit me. But then I do have my cheat days because you have to chalk the body. So now, and for me, I can break down carbs in a second. And that's just a part of my genes. It's like, um, I'm really good at breaking down carbs. So I can go smash a, a whole pizza and be fine. I mean, I might feel it a little bit from the dairy perspective, but even then it's just like, hey, well, but then I don't do it so much because it's just like I have two or three slices. But it's that you don't overindulge because the overindulgence is where it's like, hey, then your body has a uh, response that I mean, it's not common. And it's like, all right, well, what is going on? I don't know what I did, but it makes it easier to find out like, hey, well, I know I ate this. I ate this. I ate that. I have exactly what I've eaten and what I put into my body. So let's figure out what there's. Oh, was it that fish? Was that fish bad? You know? Yeah. So then you have to be very selective in where you go get your foods from where you get your meats and your fishes from. Cause human beings, vegetables, as long as they don't have mold on it, it's still a vegetable, you know? Right. So. No, I love that, man. You are giving so much knowledge to so many. I love <laughs> your mindset in all areas. Such an honor to have you on this podcast. I feel like you're gonna really, you know, be so powerful for so many. Um, but I'm gonna ask you now three questions. Just right, here we go. <laughs> I always ask three questions at the end, completely just random questions, but what is one thing that no one knows about you? And it could be weird. Hmm. One thing that nobody knows about me. I talk to myself. There you go. <laughs> That's I, feel I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty much an open book. Well, no, I'd lie because I like to be alone. A lot. Like, I like to be alone a lot. And it's weird, but it's, I mean, it's in a sense that when I'm alone, I can, I get a lot accomplished. And even if it's not, um, because now I mean, it's structure in my life. Now it's, I, I have to build my own structure in my life. It's not, I mean, I'm building, I mean, I'm laying the foundation down. I have to structure things. So if I have a lot of outside noise or a lot of things in my, my visual or a lot of things in my ears, I can't really focus on, all right, what's next? Or what can I put here? What can I put there? So having a lot of alone time, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but sometimes you know, that's why I live alone. If I have that space to where I can just sit back and just brainstorm about anything, that makes, that's something that's just, I mean, that's bread and butter. That's why I'm scared to get a girlfriend because I'm just going to be in my ear and I'm just going to have to leave. <laughs> I don't need uh, that. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, that can wait, you know? So. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask a different question, but I mean, what is next for you? Do you see yourself having a family one day? Let me tell you, they get loud. Family is loud. <laughs> uh, well, it'll be different. I mean, you'll have a study and whatnot, but for, you know, we'll see. You know, I don't like to rush, you know, I like to just sit back and relax. For me, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, whatever God puts in front of me, I take it and go with it because at the same time, it's just, I don't know. I just, I'm chilling, so, you know. The way God works anyway, it's going to be your perfect person. You guys are going to be on the same wavelength and it's just, okay, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So what is next for Cortez? Um, I'm going to get up, go make something to eat. 
No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, for me, um, Lord knows. I don't know. Just we'll have to see. Um, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing and just keep grinding the way I grind. And um, well, another thing is is that just build my own routine. Seth, Seth really helps me out a lot. And just in the concept, like I was talking to him the other day, uh, I ended up getting a deal with Titan. They were able to send me some stuff, uh, some weight room stuff, and which is really nice. I asked Seth, I'm like, hey, Seth, help me out right here. He's like, all right, do this, this, and that. Uh, I'll shoot him an email and we'll get such a, uh, certain things done. For me, I really don't like putting myself out there. So I'm really like a closed person. Social media hasn't been like a biggest proponent for me just because I'm not really on it too much. But Seth was saying, hey, you got to start pushing out just a little more, just pushing out a little more. And that's not that's probably the next step for me, I guess. Um, yeah, but going from there, just being gradual with it, but going at my pace. If I don't want to do it, I'm just like, hey, well, Seth, I'm not really in Seth. I'm like, all right, you don't have to. But Tess, this will help out and stuff, you know. So he's always there to help. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> he'd be breathing out my neck, but he he always he means. He means good. He means a lot of good. So. I love that. You guys have an amazing relationship and it shows, again, going back to who's in your circle and how important that is for so much growth in all areas of your life. And, you know, sometimes making those cuts, <laughs> you know, those draft cuts, if you will, um, are harder are harder than, than some, but sometimes it needs to happen in order to have the right people in your corner. So. I love this. There's so much more coming for you and I'm so excited to be along your journey. We'll definitely have you back and check it back in and see how you're doing. But other than that, it's an honor to have you. Thank you. And we will we'll get this all out to you and you're gonna love it. I just know it's gonna be amazing.